All right, Jeremy, what do you have today? Do not be afraid of Michelle's juice. And COVID is over, evidently. I'm already afraid of Michelle's juice. I have Joy Reed melting down. And I have Satan. Ugh. Okay, people, let's begin. have lived off. Get up, everybody. Are you ready to be baited with the truth? Good, because you're listening to the Truth Bait Podcast. I'm documentary filmmaker and podcaster Andrew Marcus, and with me always as we deconstruct America's propaganda war and reconstruct America's cultural narrative in our image this documentary filmmaker and podcaster, the one and only Rebel Pundit, Jeremy Siegel! Give it up! Wow. I feel like a WWF star. I'm bringing the energy today, baby. Wow. I had that kind of energy, and then after your technical glitch at the beginning of the show, I lost it. I blew your momentum. <laughs> I was like, came down. I was feeling all excited. I've got my changing colored lights and everything. And then you're like, oh, my thing doesn't work. My Hindenburg crashed. <laughs> like the original Hindenburg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a beautiful day here in Wisconsin. Uh, what are you, are you hunting? Are you, what are you doing? Are you working bees? Are you, uh, uh, tending to your chickens? What do you have? It's been a big chicken week. Yeah. It's been a chicken week and sad. We have a, uh, we had a Guinea hen sitting on like two dozen eggs. Explain to, explain to city folk what a Guinea hen is, uh, in a way that, you know, Makes them not feel dirty. <laughs> Listening to it sounds a, a little racist. What you're saying? What? What it's is a hen? Yes. It's a. It's a. It's an African fowl. This is not getting it, better. What do you? What? Guinea fowl, and uh, this is a hen, and they're very crazy birds, and they like they're like alarms. Like if somebody comes up the driveway, they start like alert, alert, alert. That's kind of how they, they they make that sound, and they're very loud. And if you have neighbors within five hundred feet of you, you're gonna have a problem. But they're great at eating ticks, and that's why we have them because the woods in Wisconsin, as you know, are full of Lyme disease carrying deer ticks. So guineas will go and find a place in the woods and make a nest and lay eggs and hatch them. And I was all excited because I found a nest the other day with a couple dozen eggs in it. You found a guinea nest. Yep. And I saw the hen sitting on there. And after two nights, I went out yesterday morning, she was gone and half the eggs were gone. Well, what do you suppose happened? Was it a crime scene? What, what What's going on? <laughs> a crime of nature. I mean, something ate her, obviously. So we lost the, the hen and a bunch of the eggs. So I took all the other eggs. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, omelet? 
You could do that, and we eat our guinea eggs. They're delicious. The, if you can get them cracked open, you literally have to smash them with a rock. They're so hard. And if you're ever going to be in an egg tossing contest, <laughs> you want you, a guinea egg. <laughs> you want a guinea egg. You will win every time. So the guinea um, egg is how you rig the egg toss. Jeremy, yeah. none of this is helping. Tell me how <laughs> did the name guinea hen come to be? It sounds like a Native American uh, baseball team mascot problematic kind of thing happening. What's going that on I here? We have no, sponsors. That I, that I can't, I don't know. I can't tell you. I just know they're good at eating ticks. They're crazy birds. They're fun to watch. And I'm trying to, I put them in the chicken coop to see if I could get a hen to hatch, a chicken hen to hatch them. And then we'll figure out what they want to be later. They could identify as guineas or chickens. Do you call your bees hebes? Those are, I have a Jewish uh, swarm. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other ways. I call them heebie-jeebies. <laughs> the guinea hen name sounds just racist. It you sound be. way too joyous using the word. I, it might be, but you know, if it is, that's the way it is. Now, for people who are way too uh, pure of mind and heart to have any idea, guinea is a racial epithet uh, used to describe Italians sometimes, right? Isn't that right? Yeah, I think it is. We are way off course, Jeremy. Well, this is, I don't even know if we're getting to the truth on this at all. It's Friday and people are going to have to deal with it. Hey, people, while we're, while we are in limbo land here with this conversation, don't forget to share the show. Don't forget to rate the show. Leave a comment. Here we are. We are six minutes in. Pause. After the end of this uh, little piece right here, not right the second, pause when we're done here and go to Apple Podcasts and leave a comment and rate the show. That's the most value you can give us today. Go rate the show. Go leave a comment. There are many of you listening to the show. We make this plea Almost every episode, but I think we make it a little bit too late in the episode for it to be as effective as it could be if we make it right now. When I'm done with these words, hit pause, go to Apple, and leave a comment and hey, rate you, the show. I see Please. a new review. Whoa. What? I haven't seen it. I guess yeah, I should have uh, I guess I should have gone and looked to see if, if there was I just anything checked new today. since you were reading it. Yeah. So it's working, people are listening. Uh, what are we you. up to? What do we have? Uh, I don't. It's this one is on. Looks like on Monday. Plan for Sudan. T the topic was plan for Sudan. They rated five stars. This the name is Truth Miner. Whoever that is, thank you, Truth Miner. Great show today. It's all so complicated. It's very hard to understand. Thank you for taking the time to do all the research and then summarizing each point as you go along. It's sad for me to think that millions of people aren't going to hear your great work. Well, why not? <laughs> right. <laughs> then you're not sharing it enough. <laughs> That's very it's not our fault. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm very know, interested. I'm very interested in hearing Jeremy's segment on Christian nationalism. I've seen quite a bit of negativity toward Christians lately, and I would like to understand where it is coming from. So there yeah, we didn't get to it that day, and then that was our last episode called Another Attack. That was from Tuesday, if anybody missed it. And it's going to be today as well. 
Yes, thank you, Truth Miner. Uh, so great, and we have all five stars on Apple. I don't know what we have on Spotify. Can I'm you just rate gonna, it on Spotify? I, I haven't. You can. I but it's it's kind of. I I know you can do it on your phone. Like I've rated it there. I rated it six. Out of five. Yeah. Um, but you can you can rate it on Spotify. You can't I don't think you can comment on Spotify. I'm looking at it on Spotify right now and I can't see anywhere that you rate it. You can, I know but the, you I'm can looking do at it. it on the computer though. I'm not looking at it on my right. phone. Right. I think you have to do it on your phone um oh. or your device. Okay. Whatever that may be. Let me see. Here. Well, thank you to everybody who has left a review and rated it. Please do more so. Very helpful. Yes. Excellent. Because Jeremy made a very good point. If, if in our previous episode, if you are looking for a podcast and you come across this, you come across another one, one of them has you know a couple of votes, another has 50 votes, which one are you going for? Are you going for the one that's that you know has more votes and a higher rating, or the one that has you know just a, just a few? It helps build credibility for people who are discovering podcasts. So we and appreciate if, it. Even if you don't like it, but you like us, rate it as a five. Yeah, don't rate us on any one particular episode <laughs> because you know. <laughs> let's face it. We have some that just are Grand Slam home runs and others that are just regular home runs. And so, rate us based on the Grand Slams. Jeremy, so, we, you, we have... Uh, I don't even know what your juice <laughs> segment is. We have to figure out what order we want to do this in. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you know, Jeremy and I, we coordinate a little bit, but not a ton. We want it to be fresh even for us. We want our reactions to be as fresh as possible. So this is not a rehearsed show. We're discovering these things with each other. So, well, what do you Michelle's got juice. And um I I I found just a few things that that I that I thought were interesting this week, and that was one of them. Well, that does was, that involve Michelle Obama? Yeah. What other Michelle would it be? <laughs> well, I don't know. I can't <laughs> think of any Michelle right now to clown about. So, uh, and you know, I've been saying for a long time, and eventually I'm going to be right about it that she is. They're positioning her next. You think, don't you? Oh yes. Why do you? Th- All right. Well, so we may as well get into it then, since we're talking about it now. Why do you think they're positioning her? I positioning her for what? To be Obama's fourth term. When? Well, I think it would be something is going to change going into twenty four. I will be very surprised if Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in, in their current lineup are the real ticket in 24. I don't see him making it. I see so many moves towards taking him down, coming from the left. So it seems like that sometimes, but I'm, I would have thought the same thing in 2020. I did. So <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I, <laughs> I may be a broken clock who's eventually going to be right. Yeah, so I, 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 I see all those things too, and I'm just like, no, he's toast, and 
they're going to yank him. And then I'm like, you know, I couldn't even believe they went with him last time. Well, they may stay and, with him, but they're going to get rid of uh, Kamala. Oh, you think they're going to bring in Michelle? I have for- always thought that they they slot her in into the vice president, and then she ends up be ascending to the presidency, never through an election. The most ter- uh, tumultuous, the most... Uh, chaotic way to install her into the presidency, and these people love the chaos, is to install her without an election. <laughs> yeah, that's a. I mean that that would definitely be demoralizing. Yep, uh, too many. I was I caught this clip actually from Sunday on Maria Bartiromo, the money honey, uh, the money honey. That song, is that her song? That song that we use? Right? (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's what they call her. Um, So, yeah, she had Newt Gingrich on. And I got the clip here. I'll just play it. If it'll play. Day. Uh, Nuno, I want to get your take on Anthony Blinken as well in a second, but do you believe that Susan Rice leaves the White House the day before Biden makes this announcement is a coincidence? I mean, I, I feel that this is very significant. I don't know if she's going to be managing somebody else's campaign, if she's going to run to challenge Biden. What do you think is going on here? But clearly, Democrats are divided over Biden's reelection bid. So Maria's into the 4D chess. What's going on here? Well, why Susan did Rice Susan Rice leaving? leave? She could have left because uh, the ship is sinking. <laughs> she could have left over the child migrant slave issue. She could have left because she's going to go run a campaign. She could. Why do you think well, she left? Here's what Newt says. Well, I, mean, I think at a minimum, it probably is a sign that she said, don't do it. And he said, I'm doing it anyway. And I, and I think she just uh, didn't want to be part of uh, a Biden reelection. And I also think that uh, I was very struck when Mark Halperin in his Wide World of News ran the video of Michelle Obama on stage with Bruce Springsteen. Uh, she's playing a tambourine. She recently had 9,000 people at an event uh, with Oprah in Los Angeles. I think Republicans had better pay significant attention to Michelle Obama. I hadn't believed that until I saw her on stage with Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. I thought, you know, this is not a person who's hiding. So it's conceivable that Susan Rice and others are beginning to say they're not going to be part of some kamikaze re-election campaign with a guy who can't remember what he did yesterday. Yeah, I saw the video as well on Twitter, and apparently uh, they're traveling with Steven Spielberg and his wife, and uh, yes, yeah, she got up on stage uh, again, sparking my questions about Susan Rice stepping down. Okay. Mm. This is the analysis. <laughs> now, I, we now I, well, that dissuades me. <laughs> Did you? Okay, all you have to do now is show up on stage with Bruce Springsteen, and you're running for president. <laughs> well, that is, it's trolling. You know, it is trolling. That, They're trolling right. the run. <laughs> That's all. These Obamas and Susan Rice were watching this on Sunday morning, laughing hysterically. So you don't think like, she? We, you think it's not happening? You think she's not? No she's chance. Not gonna, nope. See, I think not yet. I, I think, Here's well. what I'm going to say. <laughs> Maybe if she's going to run 2028, but it's not going to be this cycle. But I do think Fox well, who is playing Obama's their role. Fourth term? 
Biden is is right now Obama's third term. He, you know, you think they're going to try and get him across the finish line? I mean, they could. All he has to do is remain alive, and they and they'll have, they'll cheat for him again. Doesn't matter who run, who else runs against him, so they can install <laughs> still, him. Yeah, I still feel like I still feel like they're going to roll their dice and let Trump win. I think that. Uh, the I don't know because about that. I, I think that there's a real possibility that they I, I get what you're saying that causes that causes immense chaos too, which gives right because you have this major ground. pendulum swing back and forth, which historically that's what leads you into these you know periods of of civil war and 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 total warfare. So yeah, but there's a lot of chaos coming before the election that I think is going to. Move the pieces around on the board very dramatically. It could be, but I don't see Michelle stepping in. But I do see that what they're doing, and I think what Newt's doing here, and probably what Fox is doing, is really like building her up, right? Like she's like Michelle is like kryptonite. Okay. She's like. They're they're making her like kryptonite right now. Like she's the one that we all need to fear. And why? Why do we need to fear her so much? Because the, if they install her, <laughs> it will be uh, even more horrifying than we have now. But you know, I mean, much okay. like Brandon no, Johnson, no, 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 it's the honest right. expression so, of how of how lost we are. Well, maybe my, que- my then my question should maybe be a little more direct in why we why we would need to fear her as a candidate because well, I don't I, think she is a viable candidate. That's why I don't. Know and that I don't. She gets in and you as might a be candidate. right. I think she gets in. As you an, might be as, right. You might be let's right. Suppose, let's suppose let's suppose they impeach Biden and Kamala moves up to president. And that's the, the the Obamas would love that. They love how bad that makes America look and how how chaotic that is. Uh, so, uh, and then they slot Michelle into the vice presidency. You've got two strong black women running the country. Well, nice office you have there, Kamala. It would be a shame if anything happened to you. So then there's. Then there's Michelle's juice. <laughs> we have, where are you going with this? <laughs> this is like, well, I'm thinking like, you know, like they really play her up. You got to be, you know, she's the one like, they they make it seem like if she gets in, that's their ticket. You know, if she gets in the race, that's their ticket. So Newt's getting everyone to panic and whatever. But then you got here, uh, Jesse Waters had an interesting segment about her juice. Six is nothing more than a giant cash grab. And over the last few years, no one's been better at that than the Obamas. They've been killing it since leaving office. Just take a look at how their net worth jumped. Ready? When Barry was running for president back in 2008, the Obamas were only worth a few mil. Not chump change, but they weren't living large. Fast forward to today. With estimates saying the Obamas could now be worth over 200 million. So how's that happen? Well, let's follow the money. Back in 2017, the Obamas took in $65 million to write their memoirs, or as Gutfeld would say, memoirs. 
A year later, they signed a deal with Netflix worth up to $50 million to produce boring documentaries. And then Michelle and Barry weren't about to leave some podcast money on the table. $25 million to listen and talk a little bit more. Michelle, the business tycoon, has just announced that she's launching a fruit juice brand aimed at kids <laughs> called Plezzy. I learned the hard way that a lot of those products that were being marketed as healthy weren't actually healthy. And that made me furious. All I wanted were good products, good information, good partners who didn't just see my kids as profit generators for their bottom line. This whole juice that she has is evidently loaded with sugar. <laughs> and <laughs> well, wait a second. You know, I'm, I'm the, impressed that this is what we've now gotten to the source of what makes Michelle Obama furious. <laughs> it was the juice. So she's got juice now. Okay. Who makes this Their juice? Work. What company is making this juice? Here, here's a little bit more. Kaylee Means is a Coca Cola whistleblower, and he joins me now. So, Callie, the fruit juice business. What's Michelle thinking? Now, this guy is really dramatic on how devastating this is for the future of our youth. Jesse, I, I just have to say, as, as a new parent myself, I am sick to my stomach watching this. <laughs> you know, we don't recommend kids should smoke safer cigarettes, but what sugary drinks is doing is far worse, and we should not be recommending safe sugary drinks. We should be speaking very, very clearly. There's two points here I, I want to call out, Jesse, that's very important. One is she's working with a private equity company that it specializes in junk food driven by celebrity partnerships. They actually do, for instance, The Rock's energy drink that's loaded with sugar. And they went to her and their pitch was very simple. You're going to be a billionaire like The Rock if we follow a tried into a business strategy, which is to get kids hooked early on sugary drinks. The second thing, Jesse, as you've been bravely calling out on the food compass and these rig studies, the website of this product is littered with rig studies actually saying, I, you can't even believe this, but actually saying that sugar is an important part of a child's diet. Um, as a parent, I am begging Michelle Obama, you know, this might not fund the, the, new, the new house in Martha's Vineyard, but please, for the sake of children, speak clearly. Kids should not be eating sugar and not be drinking sugar. Never. <laughs> wow. I'm drinking a Coca-Cola right now, by the way. What are some of the I flavors don't hardly do you think ever of? do. So drink, this drink. Wait, wait. How do you even hit you? Okay, I'm calling you out. You don't have a Coca-Cola within miles of your ranch. I got a two-liter bottle yesterday. <laughs> Why? You every don't. now and then I feel like it I feel like having a drink of Coca-Cola. Would you let your kids drink it? No. Okay. I drink it in front of them. You're very particular they, about what you expose <laughs> your family to, and I would have thought that Coca-Cola would have been out of bounds for that. It is, but every now and then I feel like having one. Uh, how is it? It's good. I mean, oh, I, I like good. it sometimes. Usually I okay. just drink iced tea, but anyways. What flavors so, do you think that she's going to have? Let's come up I with don't some. know, but they're what loaded with sugar, and she, obviously she's clearly irresponsible. Mark's Berry. Taking our kids. Right, Mark's Berry. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's literally filling our children Engel. with leftism it could be, and no, sugar. Yeah, it could be Ang Engel's, Engel's Berry. 
Um, <laughs> so, so, so here's my, I think here's my thing. Like, you know, I could see the newts all these newts all worried. You know, the Republicans really need to watch Michelle because she's banging a tambourine on stage with Bruce Springsteen, which means absolutely nothing except that he's right. She's not hiding. Okay, she's she's well, she's, no, she's not that, hi- that's what, what he that, said. She's no, not what hiding. What that is is a contrived marketing moment. And now that right. you're telling me about this beverage, that's of course what this is all about. Yeah, and so she's got this new juice deal where evidently her plezzy plezzy. Uh, I just want to look yeah. this up while you're telling who me who wants to drink plezzy, anyways, but. What was her whole shtick when she was first lady? Let's move, right? Let's get all the kids healthy. Didn't she destroy all the kids' lunches? They even had part of that in this Fox segment uh, where they had these kids talking about bringing their own lunches to school because they hated the school lunches so badly now after she ruined them. But that was her big thing was getting healthy choices for kids. Or not, it wasn't even about healthy choices. It was about forcing them to eat healthy, more healthy food. I'm sure it was and now, about uh, awarding a new vendor the 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 school lunch meal. Uh, right, and contract. now she's got this juice deal. But I think, as as Waters points out, they went into office with three with a net worth of three point six million dollars or so. He showed, and they're now estimated to have two hundred and forty two million dollar net worth. And now she's got this juice deal to market dangerous sugar water to kids for, I'm sure she's going to make a ton of money. What in the world would she want to do going? And I've, I've made this point before. I don't think these people want anything to do with going back into the White House other than as guests. So you don't think Obama has anything to do with what is happening right now? I do think he has a lot to do with what's happening right now. I, I mean, think this is a, his third term. I think he's a player. No, I don't think and, so. And it's See, not, I don't well, think and, it is. A, I, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't think it's Obama's third term. I think it's whoever was running Obama's White House's third term. I agree. I, I agree. Term. That's, that, I, that is, in essence, what I am saying. Okay, fine, fair enough. But I don't. So, un- who's the most the, logical next one to fill the, that puppet role? I don't because I don't know, think Obama the, was just a puppet. I mean, he's now I, royalty of this movement, right? But it's more. I think that's it's still going to be more somebody like like Gavin Newsom or some somebody else that they position is like a, oh, see, a I th- I think more, more the electable no they love the they disaster. might but they but i they might but i don't i just think that they can control i, the I think disaster. that there's a large i think there's a large part of that position as president that is a bit of slavery you know you're like a prisoner i think to an extent Yes, and, but except though that if you gather enough of your own independent power and following and popularity, you have your own level of control that rises above that. Trump knows that. Yeah, I just think you're making you you got two hundred and forty two million dollars. You've already been in the White House. 
I mean, you could, but I just I I, I just did that. I mean, the, the I'm, like, money I can be, can't be their main motivator anymore. No, I'm sure it's not. And usually with politicians, the main motivator is power. But they've had power, and now they're getting rewarded with money. Yeah. I think Obama was a true believer in fundamentally transforming the United States of America, and we are in the throes of it. Yeah, I think he did. And I think he he played a large role in continuing that mission. I just don't see them actually going back into the white house unless they are forced to which they could be because whoever's paying them all this money those are the people that are in charge uh would you like to hear the list of ingredients of uh yes uh the nutri this is on from good morning america's website the nutrition label they have says serving size one bottle but it doesn't say what size the bottle is so the bottle could this could be a thimble um and what it says is it includes zero grams of added sugars. And it says that it has uh, six grams of total sugars. But let me read the ingredients. First ingredient is water. Apple juice That's- concentrate. You're already not, you're already processed right here. Water, apple juice concentrate, soluble vegetable fiber, Citric hmm. acid, watermelon juice concentrate, potassium citrate, ascorbic acid, orange juice concentrate, sodium citrate, magnesium lactate, natural flavors, stevia <laughs> leaf extract, which is an added sugar. What are they talking about? The stevia leaf is a sugar. So they're just lying. No. Monk fruit extract, beta carotene for color. And the last one. Oh, wait. Oh, good one. Zinc oxide. You got to love zinc oxide. That's well, very natural. They said uh, in that report that uh, Tufts University, who had brought the food pyramid out has given its uh okay to this juice. <laughs> the food so, pyramid okay juice. good yeah. we're good so nothing to worry about anyways michelle's got juice but i don't know if she has the juice to go all the way to the white house yeah and with and Newt I, gingrich saying that it makes like i said that makes me doubt it even more i would bet if you look at his investments he has a stake in plezzy <laughs> just a guess <laughs> he was at least smart enough to say it to make sure that his segment was seen uh, clipped around the internet. Right. He got Pay me attention. excited. Thank you for bringing me the truth bait. Pay attention to Michelle Obama. That's why we why? keep you around, Jeremy. Yeah. So that I am not left to my own devices. Yeah, I just thought it was funny. She's got, you know, she was the health Nazi in the White House for all those years. Uh, with her really trim figure and all, and uh, I, you know, now we've got. Uh, Do you believe uh, all the rumors that are going around about her being a man? That she's absolutely. a tranny. They call her Big Mike. <laughs> uh, I've seen the rumors. <laughs> it's uh, out there. 
Yeah, I There's a photo going around today, which is like a clear Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, I don't. No, I, I, I don't. I don't believe that. Yeah, I think that's not, not. It's, it's not nice to say. I don't think she's a nice person, and I, and I think she is a Marxist. Um, but it's, she's still a person created in God's image. It's not nice to say things like that. She does need to wear pants that don't make it look like. All right, we don't need to go there. I'm just okay. Well, I'm just saying she doesn't she, help herself. I, you could say things like she should wear pants that don't make her look like a linebacker. Okay, that okay. yes, yes, I'll <laughs> give you that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Let, let's keep it clean. Oh, I'm trying. I, I, what, wait, what, I know you're trying. I wasn't I you're trying. I was, okay. Uh, so, um, well, what else do you have? You had something uh, else. What did you have? Yeah, I had a uh, COVID ended. This is reason to celebrate. Wait, I thought it doesn't end for another six days. Is that right? Yeah, May 11th. We're still... Be careful, Jeremy. Oh, because I just saw that... So that's the day that the emergency's over? Right. Right now, it is still a threat. It's still an emergency? Well, for six more days, it's still a threat. It's an emergency. Oh, so I didn't know that part of it. But yeah. It just, in six days, the emergency is going to be over. Okay. Which I is how Ted emergencies drove. work. It's the same way uh, the Ukraine uh, spring offensive works. You telegraph I have, uh, I have Tedros talking about it. 1,221 days ago. He said 1,221 days ago. Instead of saying three years ago. <laughs> 1,221 days ago, WHO learned of a cluster of cases of pneumonia of unknown cause in Wuhan, China. On the 30th January 2020, on the advice of an emergency committee convened under the international health regulations, I declared a public health emergency of international concern over the global outbreak of COVID-19, the highest level of alarm under international law. Yesterday, the emergency committee met for the 15th time and recommended to me that I declare an end to the public health emergency of international concern. I have accepted that advice. It's therefore with great hope that I declare COVID-19 over as a global health emergency. <gasps> he usurped Biden's declaration. But listen to this. This is the important part. COVID has changed our world. And it has changed us. That's the way it should be. If we all go back to how things were before COVID-19, we will have failed to learn our lessons and we will have failed future generations. So. I agree with him, but not for the reasons he thinks. Same here. <laughs> I 100% agree with him. Somebody asked me at a holiday meal sometime in the last 12 to 18 months or so, 
if we could go back to before COVID and not have it happen, would you? I thought that was an interesting question. But I thought about it for a minute. And I was like, no. Because of what we know now. It's like exactly like Tedros just said. But with a completely different meaning. Right. Uh, I mean, we. it's like the mask ironically, is off. It's it's the wrong question to ask because it's not about whether or not would you would you have COVID again. COVID, the way that that unfolded was symptomatic of what has actually taken place. Yeah. The fall of the Republic. Right. So, uh, to me... Yeah, I get, you know, yeah, COVID happened and it rips the mask off of everything. Would I prefer that we hadn't lost the republic before we ever, before we ever realized it and then had COVID to make us realize it? Well, of course I wish that hadn't happened. Yeah, that's a better question. Like, would you rather go back to when America was America? When we had the constitution in actual functional effect? Yeah, I would say yeah. So is the the question really is then would you have would you rather go back to not knowing we had lost the constitution or or are we better right. off for now knowing that we've lost the right. constitution? Right, exactly. Yeah, it's a tough question. Uh knowledge uh, knowledge of the truth is always better. Well, yeah. I mean there's and, and a lot of people suffered. I you know, my uh, executive producer Anne got really sick, hospitalized with COVID. You know, I mean, thank God that she made it through. She was fine at the end of it. But I know people that did lose uh, parents and, you know, people that had not made it. Um, so you're thinking about going through that time, you know. You, you know what's say, so frustrating about that? You remember how the narrative was, well, we just don't know what this virus is. This is so yeah. we don't know. Well, they absolutely knew. They knew they knew and exactly they weren't exactly what right. this virus was. They, they were, made it. Yeah, and they were killing people by not treating them because that's what That's how you know. For for or was it just that they were so concerned with covering their their butts, they didn't care how many people died while they just as just as long as they were able to cover their butts. Yeah, I yeah, I think that was the case. Because once they started treating people, like for instance, when Anne was in the hospital, and they were treated her with oxygen, and it it was already too late for any of their supposed drugs to do any good, and and her records showed that they didn't do any good, but they gave her oxygen treatment, and it. That's that's what you do when somebody has pneumonia. But up until that point, they weren't doing that with people. They were wearing rubber body suits and, you know, sending them home or not treating them until they needed to be ventilated. But once they started treating people, people stopped dying from it. And then look, what do you know? The emergency's over. It's just everybody needs to just remember they knew exactly what this virus could do. They knew it from the beginning. They destroyed our lives over the lie that we had no idea what this virus was going to do. It's a mystery. Came from a so, bat. 
I just saw that. I thought that. Oh, I saw that. Uh, I saw that headline. COVID emergency is over, mm-hmm. which is funny. It's, it's only a couple years too late. Say, it's still. <laughs> I didn't know actually. It was still an emergency for five. Well, More the emergency days. is not over. We are still under the thumbs of the same government that destroyed our lives. Yeah, that's true. So but the emergency is not over, and we're never going back. But, you know, we are here <laughs> to bringing you the truth. So what do you have today? As uplifting you said you as it some, is. You said you had some uplifting news. Uh, yeah. Or have, not news, but enough uplifting topic. I have Satan. It's very uplifting. Not, I that's literally not have, uplifting, no. I may. This may actually be. I look at this. I'm I, When I'm going through this and I'm saying, well, this looks like evil. If you believe in God and you believe in the devil, this looks to me like the, uh, like the devil incarnate. Manifest. Now, this is interesting because you did text me before the show something about what I think you're going to talk about now as looking evil. And I mentioned to executive producer and, wow, Andrew Marcus is finding some evil out there. Oh, it's hard not to. You can. Evil is right in front of you. I believe in good and evil. It's right there. So I want to hear what you have. I want to hear what you have well, found. So, okay, this was this this is. Do you want to do this first, or do you want to do the ask? We're forty one minutes. I don't know if we can get this done in twenty. It's up to you. I we can do the ask, or I also liked when we split the segment up and did the ask. Okay, let's do that. Let, let, let's get started then. So okay. uh, this clip came to us last week, uh, twelve hours before show. Uh, on uh, not last week, this week on Tuesday. So it came to us Monday night, and uh, it is from. It's a clip of a. It's the whole. It's a, an entire sermon from the First Unitarian Society of Milwaukee. Came to us from Janice in Arizona, and uh, it is a sermon. It's an entire service that is led by a woman named Ashley Horan of the. Uh, well, she's uh, she is an employee of the uh, Unitarian Universal, uh, which this is the, which is what this church is a member of. So she works for this. She works for this church. No. Does she have a title? Like, do they call her like so, a pastor yeah, they call her or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, I've got a because... clip that, that'll tell you. She's she is it, her title is assistant sabbatical. No, no, no I'm sorry. Uh, her, her title is. Uh, Organizing Strategy Director uh, of Outward Facing Justice Work uh, for the UU, which is the Universal, the Unitarian Unitarian. Universal. Yeah, okay. And uh, so she basically, she, she does all of their organizing that ends up being the religious component of protesting that happens on the streets. You see them on the streets. You and I have encountered them the day you and I met. We met because of the Unitarians, if you think about it. Yeah. And I don't have I this recall. clip. Do you have, the, do you have the clip of what I'm talking about? This was with the Glenn Beck event. Uh, Andrew, Bre- we were, I was documenting, documenting Andrew Breitbart. You had come to the event uh, you may have been attracted to the event because Andrew Breitbart was there. 
uh, or Beck was there, but uh, you... I was a guest of Andrew Breitbart. You were? Okay, I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know what... That's interesting. And okay. I had just met I had just met him, actually, that weekend. But, uh, yeah, I was invited and came out there with him. So, uh, he uh, uh, ended up encountering protesters outside the Glenn Beck event, and we documented the entire thing that went down there. It was Unitarians who had bust in a group of black people to call uh, Glenn Beck hateful. And Andrew Breitbart went up to them and said, okay, well, you know, you're saying he's hateful. Name one thing he said that's hateful, not 10, not five, just one. Just one thing he said that's hateful. And the whole crowd just collapsed. They folded. They couldn't name one hateful thing of Glenn Beck because they were all, it was a rent-a-mob. They were they were rented. And uh, the, the leader was, I, I forget the guy's name. I haven't looked at the clip in a while, but he was a Unitarian minister. That's what yeah, this group Yeah, I don't does. have it. I don't have it. Um, I was looking for it, but yeah, it was... It's up. We'll, we'll... Yeah. You can go look for it. Andrew Breitbart, Glenn Beck event. Stop the hate. That's what it was. It was the stop the hate event. Um, so she, she would be the one who would organize a protest like that. That's, that's what... I think that's what her role really is. Uh, here, listen to, this was the clip, in the last episode, you and I just, you know, we didn't, because we didn't have time to even listen to this to this video before doing the episode on uh, Christian white nationalism. And Janice in Arizona sent this because she felt like this was related to the theme of Christian white nationalism, and she is absolutely correct. Uh, and you and I just, I just literally just, Randomly put my cursor into the clip and hit play just so we could have a taste, you know, randomly could have been anything. And this was what you and I ended up hearing. Eugenicists, medical professionals, many prominent folks of whom were Unitarians in our history. We need to grapple with that. And I thought, oh, oh, wow. Okay, you, I, I have yet to hear a religious group of any kind really begin to take ownership, you know, especially Unitarians. I haven't known much about them, but I've known that they're progressive. And to hear a progressive group of any kind giving voice to the notion that progressives were involved in eugenics, which was the, mass, the, the, the basis for the master race theory that led to the Holocaust. I thought, oh, okay, well, this might be good. This might be interesting. And what did you say? Well, I said it sounded. I, I said typically the Unitarian Church is a is a is a more Marxist type uh, church, and I thought perhaps she was more kind of speaking of like the perspective or view vantage point of you know somebody to the opposite side uh, as her. Uh, I'm confused. What you mean? You, you so like, I, 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 I thought that perhaps she was sort of speaking of like the way that maybe they're being criticized oh. like from from the other side. This is I, this, as it turns out, was just her way of saying, "Oops, our bad," <laughs> and then moving on, <laughs> and then they could say, "Well, we, you know, we've." We take ownership of that. She says, we need to take ownership of it, and they never do. Eugenicists, medical professionals, 
Many prominent folks of whom were Unitarians in our history. We need to grapple with that. We need to grapple with that, but she never goes back to it. They never grapple with it. I've yet to see anywhere they actually grapple with it. Okay. That was the great grappling we just heard. <laughs> so that was the extent of her honest yes! assessments of themselves. Jeremy, you couldn't have been more correct here. Let me play uh first clip from, uh, this is Laurel Brooks. She's the worship associate. Have you ever heard of a worship associate? We don't have anything like that in our church. <laughs> oh, we have, Jeremy. We, we have uh, pastors and elders, and they're actually like the same thing if you look in the Bible for what these roles of church governance are. So what they're wait, okay, doing wait, 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 is wait, wait, very wait, different wait, than hang what on. we do. So I haven't wait, heard of put, that. Pump the brakes, pal. Pump the brakes. But you're going to be very tempted to deconstruct this on a religious, in, using a religious lens. Well, no, I was just trying to answer, like, we don't, I, so no, the answer is I haven't heard of that <laughs> Okay, no, I'm just, let me, let me just, I need to, I need to warn you. And you know what? Let me, let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have young children in the room, hit pause. Wait until you can listen to this without young children in the room. Okay? Let me say that. Because... There's a lot in this. You're going to be exposed to leftist theology. And I want to make sure that what you're going to hear is going to be appropriate for your children. It, young, young adults, no problem. Young children, you may not want them exposed to leftist Marxist theology. And the... Worship associate, which of course I knew you don't have a worship associate in your church, Jeremy. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> uh, because if you had one, you would be one. <laughs> I don't think so. Jeremy Siegel, worship associate. No. <laughs> Unqualified for that role. So here is Laurel Brooks. This is, she opens up the entire service here uh, before. Ashley is introduced. I'm Laurel Brooks. I'm really pleased to be your worship associate today. Some of you will know the name of Father Ernesto Cardinal. You will remember his gift of service to the Sandinista government in the 60s. He was born to a wealthy Nicaraguan family in 1925. He was ordained a priest in the Roman Catholic Church in 1965 and became an ardent proponent of liberation theology, a Christian movement that borrowed from Marxism in its commitment to the political liberation of the <laughs> oppressed and the economic liberation of the poor everywhere. Cardinal Can I correct proclaimed her? Himself <laughs> Was that? Can I just correct her and say a non-Christian movement, a Marxist movement that borrows some, you know, from the Christian side of things? It's a little different. Cardinal proclaimed himself, quote, a Marxist who believes in God, follows Christ, and is a revolutionary for the sake of his kingdom. Why do you take any issue with that, Jeremy? A Marxist who believes in God. What could possibly be contradictory about that? 
I don't know if you can be a Marxist that believes in God. I, w- I thought that the shedding of God was the like number one it's prerequisite. Like a requirement of Marxism. <laughs> right, it's one of the pillars. You, not only do you reject God, but you fight against God. Well, you, you hate God. This is why I said I feel like Satan is in the room. Evil. I'm not kidding, Jeremy. That is what these guys are. They are absolutely... Ho- I'm not saying that they are Satan. I'm, I'm using it metaphorically. I'm saying they are manifesting exactly what you're talking about. They, when you listen to what they've got going on, God isn't anywhere in there. They're not worshiping God at all. And their, the, their thesis, in fact, is we don't worship God. They worship themselves. They worship their own bodies. And that is the title of this video. Every body is sacred. Yeah, every body except for one that hasn't except emerged from pre woman yet. bodies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that body has no no sanctity at all whatsoever. Oh, and and everybody is sacred, so go ahead and deform it uh, by uh, removing your genitals or mutilating yeah. them. It's it, it, uh, okay. So listen to <laughs> listen to uh, this introduction from Jim Fody, the assistant sabbatical minister. He's going to introduce Ashley, and he's I you know I gave I, I said most of these details earlier, but he he you know can give it to you in a nutshell who Ashley is. The Reverend Ashley Haran, she her serves as the orc. <laughs> okay, so there's you. <laughs> That really First is. First of all, getting, how can she do that? How can she identify as she, her, if she is a she? That just, shouldn't she just be rebellious? Right, isn't and, she feeding into the patriarchy? Isn't she feeding into this godly order that God created in this world? All right, just she, her. The Reverend Ashley Haran, she, her. Serves as the organizing strategy director at the Unitarian Universalist Association. She leads the team that holds all the outward facing justice work of the UUA under the banner of Side with Love and its related campaigns UU the Vote, Create Climate Justice, Love Resists, and Uplift Action for LGBTQ, Gender, and Reproductive Justice. Please join me in welcoming the Reverend Ashley Haran. So you see how she is their organizer. She's their their she's their street organizer, basically. Mm-hmm. She is their uh, what's her face? Um, Fithian. Fithian. Thank you. She's the religious Lisa Fithian. Uh. I mean, Lisa Fithian could be a Unitarian too, because I bet it's you all she Marxism. I because bet it's all and Lisa Fithian, I know they're they're also all pagans. It's really so a form is this. of paganism. So is right. this. Because like Lisa <laughs> Fithian's partner, Starhawk, in Washington State is a huge paganist. They have huge pagan festivals. Yeah, and Jeremy, by the end of this, you're going things. to know that 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 th- this is what you have to know. The, the Unitarians are a front group. It's a religious front group for the Marxist left. 
So they're able to use all the 501c3 status of a religious group to fundraise, to then take part in all these protests and seed these protests and organize. They do it all on the government dime, basically. They are a front group. It's a front group for Marxism in the, in the country. And it captures people who have become disaffected with mainstream religion, people who are looking for spirituality. Uh, it, 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 I'm not this saying one it's of the a cult, reasons, but it's cultish. This is a side note, but this is one of the reasons I would get rid of the 501c3 in totality. Yeah, I think it might be a very good idea in, in this case. The... Uh, Antifa, I guarantee these people are housing Antifa. When Antifa organizes in a city, it's I would I would bet you it is the Unitarians whose houses they are staying in. No, they don't stay in the house. The, I documented they stay in the this when they had when during the NATO riots in Chicago and during the conventions. It's always a Unitarian church that is like a. It's like a it's like a center of attraction or or base, not for all of them, but for many. Yes. They basically open up their doors and they allow all of these traveling band of gypsies, basically these protesters and these professional, uh, you know, the black block demonstrators to come and they stay there in their church and right. sleeping bags and they get to use their kitchens. Jeremy, it's an Antifa underground railroad. Base of operations. They yeah. are an Antifa it, underground railroad. That's yeah, the, that sure. is what That's they run. That's a great, great way to describe well, it. Well, and they're building other underground railroads, which you'll you'll hear by the end of this. Okay, so how radical does it get? Let's let's start listening to Ashley. She, her, feel that circle of awareness expand beyond the walls of this congregation to all the bodies in this city. She's talking about the circle of awareness of your body. They worship their own bodies. Bodies in pain, bodies in celebration, bodies in motion, bodies in relationship, one human body. And as we feel that compassion continue to extend beyond this city, through this nation with its false borders to the world as a whole, may we all sense, may we all participate in, may we all invite a sense of embodied connection with all of our human siblings, with all living creatures, and with the sacred earth. May it be so. Blessed be Ashe and Amen. Ashe. <laughs> wow. What is Ashe? I couldn't find that. I've never heard it. What is that? I think it's, uh, if I'm correct, I've, I've come across uh, some... BLM activists use that term having something, some sort of connection to Africa or African Marxism or African socialist movements. I'm not positive Is about it like that, a, but it's a ringing female a bell. God yeah, of some kind? C- could be. I, it's sort ringing a bell. Like it's ringing a bell with some of the, with some of the militant uh, lesbian BLM activists that I've encountered. Uh, if anybody out there knows what it is, please write us truth at truthbait.com and, and let us know. Uh, I could not find it, but I, I, that is, that was, I'm like, I listened to that. And I'm like, okay, well that's paganism, paganism there. They are worshiping the earth. They're worshiping their bodies. They're that, that 
sounds pretty close. I don't have a problem with people who, uh, you know, choose a spiritual route like this. I know you may you may have uh, major uh, qualms with it. Uh, I, I'm I'm more agnostic. I you know it, it's where this all becomes just a veneer for <laughs> radical Marxism. <laughs> That's I mean, did you hear what you said? No, America's uh, what did she say? Uh, the false borders of this nation. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's what it is. Is it? It's there. There's no there. There's no way of you know. This is their religion, but it's not a like she said. It's a Christian. You know that Christians that borrowed from Marxist, you know, philosophy or or whatever. It's 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 not. I mean, that's not honest because like, this is not. You any any plain reading of the Bible, there are things you can read in the Bible and you know, you can find things to disagree or debate about, but these are things that are just not there. Right. No, there's They're no so, Bible going this is this is a, a manifestation of a rejection of the Bible, Jeremy. There's no question right. that is what's going on here. Their hostility for mainstream religion and for the Bible drips from everything that they that they are saying here. It's it. It's very clear. That's why I'm saying, like, this is this is not just about spirituality. This is about hostility. This is as you listen to this. Just remember, they are. This is a, this is meant to. When you go to when you go to your church, when you go to your temple, many people go because they're looking to be uplifted, to find a closer connection to God. And that is not at all what's going on here. There's nothing uplifting about this at all. You would leave this angry. Well, sometimes I go to church and I don't feel uplifted. And it's because I recognize... That's why I said most. (laughs) Because church can be... Church is, from my perspective, it's it's not about going, you know, to feel good or uplifted. It is, as you said, about, you know, going to be, you know, in communion with God and fellow believers. Yes, but for some people, that's the effect that that has. Oftentimes, you'll be convicted of your sin (laughs) when you go and leave feeling like, huh, (laughs) might be in trouble here. Um, So, So. uh, here, let's... uh, so she she has basically started this entire sermon with the topic of the body and it goes even deeper and she explains how she starts with kids and she's so now she's she's talking to kids about their bodies i have the opportunity to lead a time for all ages before this before this sermon and i invite the children to come forward and I start by asking them, well, what's, what's one thing that your body has already done today? Mm, I swallowed my Lucky Charms this morning. I elbowed my brother when he tried to steal my blanket. I uh, ran up and down the stairs 25 times. It's fantastic because we haven't twisted out of them the love of their bodies, the, the, the in their bones knowledge that their bodies are miraculous. Who twists that out of their bodies? What is she talking about? I'm not even religious, and I feel like my body is a miracle, flawed as it is. I don't like to look at it very much, but even in my flawed state, I'm, I'm dumbfounded by the miracle it represents. Am I alone in that? I... 
I just don't even know what she's talking about. I mean, it's how did I get into my fifties and not feel as though my body was worthless? Here's the thing: you're not seeing Jeremy. <sighs> I want to say this, and I'm not trying to make a personal attack on Ashley, but I think it's relevant. Ashley uh, clearly has some body image issues. Ashley is, uh, by today's medical standards, I'm betting that Ashley absolutely qualifies as obese. I don't think she's as large as what I grew up understanding as obese, but eh, I think we might be splitting hairs. A very large woman, and I'm betting she has been her whole life. If she wasn't a man before she was a woman, maybe that, I don't know. So there's some... She's large. She's seeking the discomfort of her own self. Oh, yes. Okay. And here we'll play one more clip, and then we'll and then we'll we'll do the ask. Here, here's Ashley. This is how radical this all gets. What messages did you receive about your body growing up? Can be parents and relatives, sure, but also teachers. TV ads, the nurse at school, your doctor. Oh, and you're going to probably hear a bunch of sound edits in this, but that's because she does so many long pauses. I painstakingly went through Jeremy, probably removed at least two minutes of her long pauses in between each verse. She gives a sermon. Sermon on the Mount. Thank you for that. She knows how to deliver in a way that captures that room. Captures something. <laughs> so I've, I set free what she was trying to capture. I liberated it. Uh, now I've taken up your time explaining it to you. I might as well have left the silences in. The religion of your childhood. Did you learn that you were always the boss of your own body? Did you learn that you could dress and present it how you wanted? Did you learn how and whether you could physically interact with people in ways that felt comfortable and affirming to you? Did people tell you that no matter what your body could or couldn't do, no matter how it looked, no matter what it was capable of or the size or color or shape of it, that it was sacred and worthy of love? Sacred. There's that word again. Your body is sacred, but go ahead and <laughs> abort that baby and and uh, and uh, mutilate yourself. Mutilate uh, yourself. I, yeah. I just I feel terrible listening to this. I feel terrible for her. This woman clearly has suffered psychologically. Listen, I'm just going to play the beginning of this again because listen to this. She's basically listing off the different places where she was. Uh, uh, not treated well, where she feels, I think, wounded. What messages did you receive about your body growing up? Can be parents and relatives, sure, but also teachers. So parents and relatives and teachers, <laughs> she's got a problem which she's upset with. TV ads. Well, I'm going to be, I'm with her on popular culture. <laughs> popular culture does basically, you know, sexualize uh, the, uh, the human body to commodify uh, she's not completely without merit in what she's saying. The nurse at school, your doctor. The- I, I think she's back off base again, though. <laughs> she's just, no, she's... 
She's got problems. She has serious problems. So let me pick it up with her again. If that was your experience, blessings upon the people who raised you. The truth is that for most of us, we've gotten extraordinarily mixed messages throughout our lives about what our bodies are and how we should feel about them. Dominant American culture does not hold values of bodies as sacred. And no, that's right. We abort bodies and we mutilate them. But that's what she goes on to support. We are all exposed to subtle and explicit messages declaring that bodies are largely objects to be exploited, controlled, subdued, and commodified. The three American pillars of capitalism, cis-heterosexism, and white supremacy all fundamentally reject the idea that each and every person's body should be sacred and free. Uh, I just want to stop there. That can be confusing for people. That was confusing for me when she says the three American pillars of capitalism and cis-heterosexism, yeah. cis-heterosexism and white supremacy. I'm like, okay, well, wait, wait. That's two pillars of capitalism. You're saying the three pillars of capitalism are cis-heterosexism and white supremacy. What's the third? And then I realized she's saying the three American pillars are one, capitalism, two, sex, heterose heterosexism, right, okay. and three, white supremacy. So that's, yeah. uh, just in case anybody was confused, if you were confused, it took me a few seconds to figure that one out. These ideologies, they live in the helixes of our national DNA, and they shape every aspect of our relationship to our own bodies and to each other's throughout our lives. So she has, just to, to sum that up, she is equating this to America. America is the problem. It's in America's DNA. So that's what this is about. That's what it's always about. This isn't anything spiritual. This isn't well, anything religious. This is just it, America is evil from I our disagree. founding. I disagree. Wait, 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 wait. She is essentially making the argument, and she talks about that you're going to be so offended. You're going to be so offended, Jeremy. She she talks about Adam and Eve, uh, and she talks about original sin, and she is essentially saying America has original sin. She is casting America as Eve. So what I disagreed with is... It's absolutely spiritual. It's not just political, and it's not just about America. It is about a rejection and open hostility and rebellion against God, which is spirit is is a spiritual act. Yes, I think that that you're right. I, I don't mean it to discount that part of it, but but it's but, not. But, it's but not there. Just, but there. That, but it, there's is not. It. They see America as a, enabled by God. So they're attacking God to get at America. I don't think they care about God at all. No, they do. I disagree. I think it's a this is a satanic temple and it is there to fight against God and the and the battleground right now in this domain happens to be America. Okay, so you're with me then that this is they are evil and they are Satan manifest. I'm I think many of them are probably Satan's demons. Well, I'm talking. You're saying Satan you're himself, saying that this but church, satanic in nature, that this yes. church is a is manifest in opposition to God, in rebellion, well, direct rebellion. Okay, I don't know God, who would be yes. leading that. 
<laughs> no, I, well, I'm saying that I believe it's a satanic church, and I believe that it there's okay, a lot well, of deceived that's people that's there. there. I believe there's a agreement. lot of deceived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't think we're okay. Good, good. But you said I didn't want to be speaking out of turn the, on something because you know, honestly, Jeremy, I don't know a lot about God. And no, Satan. I know. I don't want to be disrespectful about the whole thing. It just of what I know. I don't think it you're struck being me. Dis- I'm like, wow, that, no, you know. I don't. I don't think you're being disrespectful. And clearly, God is uh, giving you some great ability to discern some truth here because they're not speaking truth, and you're you're recognizing it. Oh, so yeah, that's a it's blessing clear. itself. You can tell. Oh yeah, you can tell. Here, wait, listen, listen, listen to more. One way of telling the history of the United States is to talk about the ways that certain groups of people have worked to control the bodies of other groups of people. European colonizers forcibly displacing indigenous people onto reservations. Okay, and I'm just going to break that one down for just a second. Let's deconstruct that. Indigenous people, yes. Uh, uh, the settlers and the indigenous people ended up at war and the settlers won. The indigenous people were no angels, ladies and gentlemen. They slaughtered each other. They took each other's slave. They took each other's young people and put them into their own tribes where I have a feeling they had something resembling education or schooling of their kind going on in these tribes. And I'm pretty sure those young people were uh, installed in it. What is she recommending that we just like take these kids and do nothing with them? Just let them wander the, wander the prairie and don't teach them anything. She's arguing for ignorant people. Uh, I'm just saying, I'm not excusing any atrocities that were committed against native Americans. I'm just disabusing anybody of the idea that somehow native Americans were these peaceful people that were just, you know, picking flowers in, you know, uh, eating the 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 gnats out of each other's hair until the Westerners came along and introduced them to violence and slavery. It's nonsense. No, this is part of their overall philosophy that I think is, you know, again unbiblical. That where the Bible defines all men as sinners and flawed, um, and you know, coming from the fall here. I think their, you know, their view is that that's not the case because there's their lens is oppressor oppress. Their lens is if you're an oppressor or you're oppressed. All right, wait, hang. I'm going to tell you to hang on to that because she gets directly into that, and you are so correct. So you're going to have a huge opportunity to to address that. Watch. And into boarding schools, slave owners kidnapping and exploiting the bodies of African people for profit, men empowered by law to control the fertility and the sexuality of their wives and daughters, eugenicists, medical professionals, many prominent folks of whom were Unitarians in our history. We need to grapple with that. Folks who experimented on and forcibly sterilized poor black and indigenous and disabled people trying to purify the race. Legislators and law enforcement conspiring to criminalize everything from migration to sex to blackness to poverty to abortion to mental illness. Using power to segregate and impoverish and incarcerate entire communities of people. My friends, politics are theological. And theology is political. That's a big one. They... That's what I'm saying. They, there is no boundary between politics and theology for them. There is no theology in this. It is all politics. They're a front group. 
They are a front yeah. group. Um, the next clip from from her, this is the one that's going to draw. I think it might make your blood boil. She gets into original sin. She is incredibly condescending about it. Uh, uh, it's it it like I said, it speaks to exactly what what you were talking about. Uh, but before we do, let's do this real quick. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this broadcast to bring you this important message about how we make this happen. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't have any corporate sponsors. You may you may have noticed. And it is not because they don't want to sponsor the podcast. They are knocking down. Da- Jeremy, what was the name of Michelle Obama's drink? Plezzy, yeah, they everybody. Were, they wrote me earlier Go today out and to get the a podcast. Plezzy. Yeah. We will send you a autographed postcard of Michelle Obama drinking a can of Plessy. We will, and in fact, I think that should be our prize if uh, anybody gets the secret word at the end of the broadcast. Uh, uh, a, oh, a case I forgot to of mention Ingleberry. <laughs> Inglesbury. Chris, Chris Law from Delavan, Wisconsin, got the secret code word uh, from the last episode. He. $25 popcorn. $25 popcorn. Yes. Yep. Very nice. Do you know where we could get a bag of $25 popcorn, Mr. Marcus? Uh, yeah, I do. That's <laughs> what his price should be. We should get him a bag of Let's do it. Let's make it. Let's popcorn. make the arrangement. You have do you have direct contact with this gentleman? I do. I will make this happen. Congratulations to you. Uh, I would like to Jeremy, I want this to be an in, an in-person meeting. Can you arrange that? I can try. Let's do that. Let's take him to a movie. Do you know any theaters you can get $25 popcorn at? No, not 25. Maybe but it close. <laughs> <laughs> I have no comment, Jeremy. No comment at all. Go to the theater of your choosing. Um Okay, so uh, Jeremy, if we were to take corporate sponsorship, there's no way we would be able to talk about these things openly and honestly. Do you think we would honestly be able to have a conversation about whether or not uh, Barack Obama is married to a man? Big Mike. Now, yeah, okay, we concluded that no, that's not the case, but could we even have the conversation if we were sponsored by we've hypothesized Pfizer? we've hypothesized that that's not the case <laughs> oh you oh jury's still out <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, uh yeah, the, the, we couldn't do these things if we had corporate sponsors that is why we have citizen sponsors you the listeners you are who support us do you feel like you're getting value from this podcast are the things that we're talking about enlightening you? Are they helping you understand the propaganda war that we are in? And hopefully, by giving you understanding, it is uh, uh, alleviating your anxiety and your confusion uh, about the messages you're receiving, uh, helping you understand and distill the truth of the messages you're receiving. Is that a value to you? Then we ask Confirming the- your own crazy thoughts. Uh, well, we do always, I always have the tinfoil on hand. Making you laugh. We're not always right, right? Sometimes we are. I am always right. I'm not. Uh, I was wrong. There was some big one I was wrong. Oh, I said Trump was not going to get indicted. I did not think he was going to get indicted. I was wrong. 
I'm still right um, about Michelle Obama. She is going to become president. Just maybe not yet. I don't yet. think so. Going to sell some I drinks first. So. Uh, well, my big prediction of the day was that not until 2028. Well, that's... So you'll have to write that one yeah. down. <laughs> what episode will we be on then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, but the best way that you can return value, we talked about this earlier in the show, go to where you listen to this podcast. If they have a rating mechanism, if they have a comment mechanism, please rate it. Please leave a comment. Yeah, If you aren't listening to it on Apple Podcasts, go to Apple Podcasts anyway, follow the show and leave a comment and rate it there. I think that's where most people probably uh, uh, encounter a rating or a, or a comment about the podcast. Um but you may be able to do it on Amazon. We're the podcast is everywhere. It's everywhere you can uh, receive uh, all the finest podcasts. That's where we are. So if there's a mechanism, please rate it uh, and leave a comment there. Also, write to us truth at truthbait.com and let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you like. Uh, let us know what you don't like. Maybe give us some ideas for segments like the one we are in, the Janice from Arizona, who basically is the executive producer of this show. Thank you, Janice, uh, because this entire segment is because oh, wait, people, please, um, uh, is is based on what she sent, and that is how this show works. Uh, she wanted us to take a look at this. I took one look at it, and I knew this was perfect for us to get into. That is the Truth Bait podcast. So uh, uh, please return value if you feel what we are doing is valuable to you. Also, go to Truthbait uh, at Twitter, at Truthbait. We have nine followers there right now, I think. <laughs> Is that right? Well, I don't do much there. And Twitter... No, I know. Twitter mutes, you know, uh, basically anything coming from my IP, I believe, Twitter mutes. So... Oh. Well. Uh, but still smart, go there anyway. Probably. Go to at TruthBait at Twitter. Uh, hold on. Let me see how many followers do we have. Oh, no, no. We have seven followers right now. Let's see if we can get that up to 10. Can we get that up to 10? Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I only half care I about Twitter anyway. I don't think anyway. there's that many real people on I know, Twitter. I know. I agree. I agree. So, anything, back to anything? it. Anything? Yeah, okay, good. I, that's what I think, too. No, you you, you, you said it well enough. People uh, know it. People know. Ashley. Back to Ashley at the First Unitarian Society of Milwaukee. Now she's going to get really offensive as she talks about old-timey religion. Did you know that that's what you are into? You're into old time oh, she's religion. She's Milwaukee. I thought she looked familiar. I feel like I've encountered her somewhere. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. So if she's from Milwaukee, then that's very possible. Oh, I guarantee you the likelihood that she is on your footage is very, very high. Yeah. Now, I'm going to dive into some old-timey religion for a second here. I promise I will not leave you there long, but it's important to ground ourselves in it. So take a deep breath. Gird your loins. Here we go. I'm about to tell you some things that people believed one day about the truth. And, and you have to know it because it's the root that. of all evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I'm going to dive into some old-timey religion for a second here. I promise I will not leave you there long, but it's important to ground ourselves in it. So take a deep breath, gird your loins, here we go. From the time of first European contact on these indigenous lands, now known as North America, settler colonizers used their religious beliefs to justify the theft of land from native people 
and to create a system of government used, infused with their own worldviews. In particular, European Calvinism and Puritanism had a theological anthropology of the inherent sinfulness of the body. They, bodies need to be controlled and restrained and punished, especially bodies that were not white, male, straight, able, and wealthy. Now, for these folks, it has to do with what I would very clearly state as an erroneous interpretation of the Bible. The way they told the Genesis story, Adam and Eve have been given everything in the Garden of Eden. They're chilling with God, and one day, Eve gets an idea to go disobey the orders and goes and plucks an apple from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and all of a sudden becomes aware that she's naked. And she invites Adam to do the same, and all of a sudden they're both naked, and they're both ashamed. And then God sees them, and God is pissed, y'all. And God says, not only I'm kicking you out of the Garden of Eden, but your punishment for disobeying me, for knowledge, for taking on self-awareness and free will, your punishment is to be embodied people. Now you will sweat and toil in the fields. You, were, you will labor to bring new life into the world. You will age and you will die. Your punishment is having a human body. And not only will that be your punishment, but it will be passed on generation to generation to your children for time immemorial. Fast forward a few thousand years, and we have stories of Jesus understood to be the Messiah who has come down to atone for that original sin. In order to do so, on behalf of us all, Jesus must be captured, tortured, crucified, and killed. The violence of the state purifying and sanctifying Jesus and all of the human race. Mm, not exactly. Shake it out. It's gross. I hate it. Every time I do it, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> you know, it's one thing to disagree with it. It's one thing to believe something completely different. But the hostility jumped out at me. Ugh, I hate it. Who gets up on a pulpit and talks about hate? Hateful people. That's who. It's a good observation. I think it's a good observation. It just jumped out at me. I, I, I've never been to a service like this. And I've been to a bunch of different kinds of services of a number of different faiths. I've never seen anything like this. Every religious service I've been to, I would say the one thing they all tend to have in common is that they all believe they're right. They've got the corner on the market of truth. Okay, that makes sense. It's faith. That's, I would think that's part of your faith. I've never seen one faith attack another faith like that. Not from a sermon, not from a pulpit. Uh, I'm sorry, certainly Muslims have done that to Jews <laughs> repeatedly <laughs> over and over and over again. I guess I mean in America here uh, like this. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it, I wouldn't call it common practice in 
most houses of worship call them, I guess. So here's why she has made that entire statement, though. I just want it matters to remember that so many of our so-called founding fathers in this country believed that stuff. That stuff being the story of the Bible. Believe the stuff that the- is required to believe to call yourself a Christian, which <laughs> she just did a few minutes ago. Didn't she say it was Christians that were borrowing from Marxism or something? But yep. if they don't no, believe yep. that stuff, I mean, that's a requirement I, to believe yeah. that stuff. That's your old-timey thinking, Jeremy. <laughs> I just like matters to remember that so many of our so-called founding fathers in this country believed that stuff. Believe that stuff. Is that if you believe that having a body is a punishment, that everyone is born broken and defiled, if you take it for granted that God is willing to grant some people eternal life while others burn in hell for all eternity, If you believe that bodies are sinful and shameful and to be constrained and controlled, well then, you set up a government that is empowered to act like a punitive and vengeful God. You don't bat an eye at structuring a society that is stratified between those who have the right to determine what happens to their own bodies and those who need to be dominated and punished. You set things up in such a way that very few people have access to the power and resources and agency that are needed to control their own bodies while everyone else are treated as disposable, undeserving, unworthy of love and care. Politics are theological. Theology is political. It sounds like she's describing a Marxist government. Right! (laughs) (laughs) If you go back and look at the Sandinistas She's definitely not describing A Bible-believing Christian Authority, though Uh So I At the beginning of that And there's no doubt There's no doubt that, that That people through the history of time Have claimed the name of Christ And 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 done things that were wrong You know there, that has happened. But she's describing something completely different than that. She is saying the United States is a Judeo-Christian founded country, and that's the problem because Judeo-Christianity is evil. Right. That's what she's saying. That's their whole thesis. I started that clip by saying I thought it might offend you. Was I correct? No, I I would assume, and I can't speak, you know, for God himself, but I assume based on other parts of scripture that he would be offended by that. I mean, I, it, to me, this is somebody that is... Well, you're a very devout a, a, religious man, a Christian. Did I just describe you correctly? I don't, not from my perspective, I wouldn't call myself religious because we view religious as, you know, like a, like a, you know, a a pattern of behavior and expectation that behaving properly and committing works, certain works would achieve 
salvation, grace of God, or salvation and forgiveness from God. So I wouldn't describe myself as religious, but I describe my probably what you mean. I think is that I have a lot of faith. Do you and believe I in God? Regularly go to church. You, how I believe regularly? In God. Any any pretty much every week if we're physically you know healthy enough and able every sunday how many times a day are you on, praying we go to church twice on sunday um in the morning basically till the mid afternoon do you pray go daily home for a little while we go back pray throughout the day every day okay. we have a morning bible study in our household every morning with our whole family by my definition you are devoutly religious so we would say that we're we are you know that we have a lot of faith. <laughs> See, that's you're only proving my point. <laughs> but the the re, here's the but difference. That's why I thought that, that, but that what she was saying might particularly offend you or others but I'll just who the, share your faith. Uh, do you think that but they I'll might quickly be offended say, by just that? Let me quickly say the. But let me quickly say the difference is that. Those things that we do, like go to church twice on Sunday every week and have daily Bible study in our home and pray throughout the day, are n- we, we don't do those things because we think they gain anything for us through the eyes of God. Okay. So there's a difference in that sort of You're still on religious- the definition of religious? Yeah, okay, I just wanted to clarify because <laughs> okay. I know you're seeing it that way, but I don't yeah, think but my, I think po- it's my point of view is irrelevant. Correct, on this, actually, my point of view is irrelevant. <laughs> but no, it doesn't. You're offend, a devout it doesn't... believer, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You would, for sure. And and of what she is describing as old timey. Yes. Okay. Very old. So as old timey as you get. In fact, I read in our household. I read Puritan authors. Okay. So all from the time. that perspective, like, these are the people that I look up to okay. in the faith. For Follow sure. Follow me here. Then walk with me for a moment, Jeremy. Should other people who are listening to this that share your faith, should they feel offended by what they just heard her say? Do you feel offended? What What is your response to that? What do you think their response to it might be? It's like I said, I don't, for me, it's not so much that I feel offended. I guess it, it, cause I don't think, cause I think her beef is with God. And, and I think that she's lost at best and she's a deceiver and knows what she's doing at worst. And so it's, you know, it's, I, I I really think I look at you. I really think I look at her more with with pity, you know, and it's and it's and and the people that because she's lost. So you don't even and my you, belief, even, you would need to be sharing the anger that she manifests in order to be offended by her and so you don't you don't even share that anger which is what leaves you with a different reaction. Yeah, cuz it's sad because like I said, if she be, if she truly believes the things that she's saying, then she's deceived herself by Satan, in my view, according to the Bible. But if she's, if she doesn't believe it, and she's saying it anyways, and intentionally deceiving others, because the Unitarian Church is a big church. There's a lot of people that go to it. Right, and, and I have actually, I, I know there. Are, I don't, you know, I don't know that they're all Marxist. My, I think that that they probably. It'd probably be hard to find one that isn't. But I think they they pretty much they don't adhere to 
believing anything the Bible says. And she's, or she, you know, she, I think she's a pretty good representation of of what you learn about in one of these churches. Is you learn that the Bible is wrong, right? And that you can turn the Bible into you something learn that different. God is irrelevant. That's what you learn. They're worshiping right. themselves. They're worshiping the earth. They're not worshiping God. Right. They're calling it the sacred earth, right. the sacred body. Right. Right. That's They're worshiping sacred. everything else beside, right. besides exactly. God. But yeah, no, but my feeling is not, no, it's, it's, it's not that I feel offended by what she's saying. It's, it's more sad. I mean, it's, it's sad that, uh, to me, it's sad for anybody. But do you it's hear sad what for she's anybody that believes there, what she believes, and it's sad for anybody that doesn't yeah, believe and know Jeremy, God. Jeremy, this is why. This is why I said at the beginning, we have to not analyze this only from a religious perspective. Now let's take it from the political perspective, because what she's talking about is the thesis of the white nationalism narrative that's being dropped on us from the bomber. This, the, this the is white the, nationalism or the Christian the, nationalism? I'm sorry, the Christian, the, the white Christian right. nationalism. That's what they call it. Yeah. This yeah. is the spiritual thesis of that narrative on the left, what she is yeah. talking about here. Listen. Little you universalism, the belief, not the denomination, one out. You walk into any other mainstream Protestant church in this country on a Sunday morning, you're not going to hear fire and brimstone. You will hear about the extravagance and abundance of God's love, the importance of creating a world in which all of us can be free and thrive here. And those folks, just like us, are putting those beliefs into action, fighting to end white supremacy and white Christian nationalism, fighting to create bigger and better spaces for our LGBTQ kin fighting to combat poverty and unjust immigration laws, fighting for all of the things that would mean that we have the ability to choose what happens to our own bodies. So, there she is talking about it. And she's, in, in the context of her speech, of her sermon, she is saying... This country was founded on white Christian nationalism. We are fatally flawed from our founding. Mm -hmm. And that is the entire impetus for their narrative right now. This is what, when their followers are out on the street like rabid dogs, they are absolutely convinced that this is a moral battle. A oh, spiritual yeah. battle they're in. And that is because it comes from people like this and organizations like this. Yeah. This is where Marxism becomes a religious, spiritual battle for these people. Janice, that you is, nailed it, Janice. Thank you. Yeah. And that is what Marxism is. I mean, Marxism is an overall effort to destroy humanity and to destroy God's creation. So it's a very anti-God. Uh, yeah, but that's the framing. You know, this is the framing. Religion. It's about the way they're framing it and the way they're weaponizing it. Mm -hmm. They have created a spiritual, 
spiritual context to weaponize their hatred. And it lets their followers off the hook for their hatred. It encourages it. Well, they and they they package hatred as love. They market right. and brand yes. hatred as as love and it's obviously it's it's funny. I was it's great that you p- picked that part out where she said, "Oh, I hate that." You know, like I don't you're you're right. I mean, I don't know if I've ever heard a pastor say they hate anything. Right. Uh, you do hear you do hear pastors all the time talk about the things that God hates, like sin. Um, yeah, but do they ever say I hate? No, never. I, heard. I don't hear that. I don't even hear rabbis say I hate Nazis, and I'm sure they probably. Do. I mean, I've heard. Yeah, I mean, I think I've heard people say like they hate a term here or there, but they don't. You know, they're not like talking about hatred of. You know, it's different. You know, like. So someone might say like I hate to use this term or something, right. but it's not. They're not really talking about like hating, right? You know exactly. They're not embodying hatred, encouraging right. hatred, right? Where it shakes, where it causes your body to shake and convulse right. on stage while you're, you're just shaking it off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, but the, it, just further down the road of like how the, the building the spiritual imperative, it's because Christians are killing people. You're literally killing people, Jeremy. Do you know how many people you've literally killed this week? Today's radical religious right still has an agenda of punishment and domination and control that is literally killing people. Whether it's passing state laws prohibiting trans folks from changing their gender markers or playing sports or accessing gender-affirming care. I don't have gender markers. I have gender crayons. Do you have gender markers? (laughs) I have gender paintbrushes. (laughs) Where do I go get these gender markers? to the crop of abortion bans or, in your case, incredibly antiquated laws that have been on the books for more than a century. Abortion bans sweeping the nation, making it impossible for people to decide when and if they want to be pregnant. Okay, can we just, let's just deconstruct that one for a moment. (laughs) I think there is an old tried and true method to prevent pregnancy which gives you control over that question. Isn't it yeah. abstinence? There's a way to avoid it. <laughs> there, Unless you're Mary. Let's investigate this. <laughs> we're gonna it have can to, be we're, avoided. We need to commission a study. <laughs> Is yeah. there a way? Does it just happen? <laughs> Does it? Only once in the history of man, so... <laughs> Or making it a crime for school teachers to talk openly about race or gender or sexuality in their classrooms. Power is increasingly concentrated in the hands of a small minority who are governing out of the belief that most people should not and are not equipped to make choices about their own bodies. The only thing the left thinks that you should have the ability to make choices about is your own body. But that's where the choices end. Everything else they want to control. Oh, oh, you want to cut you want to cut an appendage off? Sure. Oh, you, well, oh, you want assisted it, suicide? Hey, yeah, you should have the that, choice. 
Even that, they're going to tell you what you can put into your body. They're going to tell you what food you can eat. Oh, yes, yes, you're right. So they're not even they're not even actually giving you choice there at all. No, That's it's right. Really yes, more, thank you it's very really much. It's really more just what they decide on a whim is going to be the rule of the day. Yes, you're so right. You're so and right. What she, and what she accuses of being rules placed on people's you know bodies and and whatnot i mean we have laws and we have uh sin and and god gave us the standards of of how we are to live which none of us can do perfectly that goes back to the fall um she's right we have our flesh which is you know we have a, a sin nature in it but you can't control you don't have control. God has control. See, now you're doing it again. <laughs> you're doing a religious deconstruction. You don't we can do we should do a whole episode that's a religious deconstruction of it. I that's that's fine. Um but I want to make sure before we do that we get through the political deconstruction because I, uh, they're wrong on so many levels, both religiously and politically. <laughs> So, but I, I'm in no position to judge really, their correction, their correctness or lack of correction, uh, correctness on religion because of my own personal belief. So, but it's really that they they are trying to change everything from the laws that God gave to give the power to man to determine what is right and what is wrong. Yes, they are absolutely attempting to change the world. Where she. Uh, uh, Laurel Brooks said it at the beginning uh, when she was talking about Ernesto uh, Cardinal. I guess must have been, was he a cardinal? Father I, Ernesto I Cardinal. He was he was excommunicated from the Catholic Church, and then uh, uh, the current Pope, isn't he? Uh, Red Francis, isn't that how people refer to him? Uh, yeah, uh, brought him back uh, or uh, uh, absolved him. He's not a. I don't oh, think really? he's a Catholic priest right? anymore. But he he he. Uh, he, yeah, I don't know. He is. removed all censorship of that uh, uh, priest from the holy canon. Uh, <clears throat> so we're almost we're almost through this. Uh, she talks about how you know, basically just the radical members in the in the movement. You'll hear it. There's there's a key word that's going to jump out to you, Jeremy. We are far from alone in holding those core values. Our progressive religious siblings are right there beside us, as are. Our comrades in the LGBTQIA liberation movement and the reproductive justice movement, because all of us fundamentally declare that every person should have the power to make decisions about their own body. I don't know why my uh, my bell delayed. I hit the button when she said comrades. Mm -hmm. oh, I'll move it in post. Anyway, it's okay. comrades. And I don't think that's an accident when she says comrades. Oh, no. There, Specifically clear. for the LGBTQ group. As you know, yeah. the, the, the anti-Fatranis are the single most radical component of the entire group. They are yeah, the comrades. Sure. Yep. Uh, so. so here's what I, and I told you. They're... they're they are the Underground Railroad of Antifa, and they are building the Underground Railroad of abortions and uh, gender mutilation. I will also say 
that we are in deep conversation with a multi-faith coalition of partners who are working hard to ensure that all people, regardless of where they live, can access abortion and gender-affirming care, and that we have the safe networks of hospitality and the resources and logistical support to get people where they need to be, even when it's illegal. At some point, you may need to do more than just showing up to advocate. My days now look like having one-to-ones with folks in small cities across America who are part of our congregations and who can be trusted to host trans folks, people seeking abortions as they move safely to access care farther and farther. Do you know that people in Mississippi are going to Illinois for abortions now? So that's what they're going to do. They're going to set up the Underground Railroad. When was this? When was this clip from? Uh, it looks like it was last Sunday. Wow. I How did Janice in Arizona find this? I have no idea. I don't know. But she found it, and she knew she it was wasn't, right up she our She wasn't alley. watching it because she likes it. <laughs> I don't know. I, Janice, write I us and tell us the context of this. I mean, because this, that's like... Yeah, that's it's a home run. Yeah, I mean, she's this woman is announcing an underground railroad of child sacrifice of 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 unborn child sacrifice. They're they're organizing for uh, uh, interstate trafficking, probably of minors, to break laws, and they're going to do it using federal money. And tax-exempt donations. Both. I guarantee you, I, if we were to look through, I didn't have time to look through it, I would bet you if we looked through the Unitarian Society and the organizations they're involved with and the organizations they partner with, I bet you there's a river of public money running through them. Mm-hmm. Uh, James O'Keefe, are you listening? James O'Keefe, infiltrate the Unitarian Society. Huge... Uh, opportunity there would be my guess. Yeah. All right. I, w- I want to try something with you, Jeremy. I'm going to try to mute you, and I'm going to I'm going to talk to you. I want you to tell me whether or not you hear me. Okay. So this is going to be a test here. I'm going to mute uh, starting now. Okay, Jeremy, can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Were you able to hear me? Yes. Oh, you could hear me. Yes. Darn it. I want to try and I have one last clip. <laughs> And I wanted to, the, I was going to try and play a game. Let's just, we, I'll do this out in the open. We'll do this open-handed. Um, I want to see how long you'll last. This is how she closed out her sermon. You just tell me to stop whenever you can't take it anymore. Beloveds, know this. Your body is precious and sacred and good. Every bit of it. Fat and sinew, muscle and blood, hair and callous, organ and bone. In your cells are the traces of stardust, the resilience of ancestors, the rhythm of the cosmos beating through your precious heart. Your fingerprints mirror the whirls of trees. Your bronchioles stretch out like root systems. Your blood holds the water from which the first organism... I have to apologize. Audience, I really thought that Jeremy was going to rescue us from this by now. 
<laughs> I thought right around fat and sinew was where he was going to say, okay, okay, I got it. <laughs> I just want to see where she's going. With <laughs> Nowhere. <this. laughs> she's worshiping the body. <laughs> She's worshiping the body, and they end it. Uh, this is a two-second clip. Listen to this. We invite you to rise in body or spirit and join us in our closing hymn, singing for our lives, or we are a gentle, angry people. We are a gentle, angry wow. people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't have the song wow. for you. <laughs> I'm surprised they call that a hymn. <laughs> It was written Didn't, by a they woman, call too. It a, yeah, they should call it a her. Oh, that is too funny. Well played, Jeremy. <laughs> well played. Yeah, it was written by Holly Near in, uh, in the 60s. No, 78, 1978. Okay. <clears throat> we are a gentle, wow. angry people. <laughs> yeah. But you walk out of there just feeling, you know, really, you know, like I said, uplifted and much more in touch with uh, with God or your spiritual side, whatever it is your flavor is. We have a we have a wide a wide variety of listeners. I don't know that any of our wide variety of listeners would find any comfort or joy uh, or life lesson uh, from attending any of these services. I I, I now want to. I'm fascinated. I want. I'm I'm not taking my eyes off of these guys. I think we need to dig in, Jeremy. Well, they are, uh, they're definitely a part of, you know, the operation, the lines of effort against us and against, I mean, their, their main line of effort is against God, but, uh, against God and against the United States. Yeah. And I don't want to go to their church. I do. <laughs> I do. I want to burrow in, baby. <laughs> I want a flood of undercovers to go into that church and leave them not sure who is an undercover and who they can trust. Well, I'll let you. Oh, oh and that one. and also to get to the truth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, we can run a few minutes over two hours, uh, or we can end it here. I don't want to. I, I would prefer to go a couple minutes over uh, because I don't want to end it on the Unitarians. They leave such a bad taste in my mouth. I, I would rather have fun with something. Uh, Joy Reid melted down. Did you see anything about Joy Reid melting down? Just that you texted me that Joy. Okay, Reed so melted you've heard down. about it. Uh, <laughs> Joy Reid, uh, one of the members of the View. Um. Toxic, absolutely toxic person, toxic television. She created her own little video that is, I have no She's idea She's on The where. View? Isn't she on The View? No, no, no. She, you're right. She's not on The View. She's on MSNBC. That's Joy Behar. You're right. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Joy uh, Reid is uh, MSNBC. Joy yeah. Behar. Uh, She's Joy Reid. Okay, She's I'm one busted. of those MSNBC babes. I am busted. <laughs> all of these left-wing lunatics look alike to me. Okay. She's an MSNBC babe. She is a babe. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, keep in mind everything that she's about. You're about to hear her say she's on a network with Al Sharpton. <laughs> keep that in mind. So she's panicking, but it's not a panic. People are thinking she's panicking that she's melting down. Jeremy, 
We're going to give people the truth bait. She is not panicking. That's the clickbait. She's not melting down. She's communicating the narrative, and you're going to recognize it. Oh, Listen, friends, you need to hear me. The Republican Party, at this stage in its development, is at war with the rest of us. When they're done getting a national ban on abortion, which is what they're going for, they're coming for your birth control. And when they're done with that, they're going to move on to LGBTQ rights. They're coming for gay marriage. Don't think that you, if you're LGBTQ, but you're rich and affluent and Republican, that you're safe because they're coming for your rights too. Bruce Jenner. Uh, Caitlin. They're coming for all non-white immigration because look, if they can force American women to give birth, who needs immigration? They'll just replenish the impoverished, desperate workforce with poor people. They force American women and girls, little girls, teenage girls and younger to make. They're coming for education because the last thing you want is an educated workforce are educated people who know history and know enough about history to see what they're doing. They're coming for your books. They're coming for black history. They're coming for Holocaust history. They're coming for the history of all non-white people, and they're going to erase it. Wait, Holocaust is non-white history? Wait a minute. (laughs) I was told Israel is a white supremacist Zionist project. Colonial. and who's... And who's trying to take away all the statues? <laughs> Who is literally tearing down history? Who's literally trying to erase history? The, uh, the progressive Taliban. From our schools. And one thing that they will never do is protect a single child from getting slaughtered in school. Because their only true worship is guns. That's why you go to church, right? Yeah, we go to church to worship guns every Sunday. Is that do you have a do you guys have is that a, a like an AR fifteen up on the cross? Yeah, we just have a gun range <laughs> and we sing hymns and we shoot guns. <laughs> no hers. They're coming for black power. You think they're gonna stop with what they did in Tennessee? Florida Republicans are Wait, and I just uh, they did wait. in Tennessee. They rolled over and lost. Black power is what abortion how do you gain more power through aborting your babies and sterilizing people through mutilation not sure that's going to increase black power oh wait maybe we'll increase black power by taking away their guns huh maybe we have different definitions of black power i don't i like to see black power i like to see black people being born and owning guns I, that's my vision of black power i don't joy yeah. has a different vision i guess you think they're going to stop with what they did in tennessee florida republicans are already studying that and saying we can do the same thing <laughs> yeah you're right we can throw somebody out for 24 hours and then cave and bring them back <laughs> yeah i mean that's and by the way, that that's coming to more states. That's a color revolution of the state house. Yes, that's and happening. That's coming everywhere. to that's right. many 
red states. Yeah, well, you see them so. taking over a bunch of state houses. They, they, yeah, didn't they, they just do Florida's? They just took over Florida. They tried te- Texas. Yeah. Something happened this yeah. week. So. Yeah, so she's, this is the, the again, that was a blueprint she's messaging. for that. That's right. right. That was a blueprint for that, what happened in Tennessee. Yep. You think they're going to stop by just evicting troublemaking black lawmakers in one state? Anyone who displeases them is on the menu. So if you don't comply, they'll just throw you out of your state house. They want one party state. I live in a one party state, lady. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. I live in a one party city ensconced in a one party state. But yeah, she's absolutely right. They're coming for our literal freedom, our freedom of movement. They're going to put you back in chains. Yeah. The freedom of movement. Again, this is from the people of 15 minute cities. The people who said, stay in your house. Thank and you. Go within yes. six feet of any other people. Freedom of movement. Joy. Our freedom of movement. This law that says that in Idaho you can't leave your state to get abortion care. They want every state to comply. They want to turn every state into their white Christian nationalist hell that they control. The messaging, Jeremy. It's not a meltdown. It's a message. Yeah. And then they're going to curtail your voting rights so you can't undo it. Yeah, they're going to start stealing the election. (laughs) Yeah. uh, And now I want to really talk with my white sisters. <laughs> my white sisters. Yeah. And we, but meanwhile, a, a white woman walked up to her and said, my sister. What would she say? Yeah, right. <laughs> because you all are still voting 60-40 for them. You're still letting them control you and your body in states like Texas. Because until that party begins to lose on an epic scale, they can't moderate because they are captive to a base that is so extreme, that is so Christian nationalist, that they can't be fixed. Christian nationalist, oh. baby. That's twice. Yeah, but the, you, you can't, can't be you're fixed. You're irredeemable. It's so violent what she is saying. And so we have justification for mass mm-hmm. murder. Yes, just replace white Christian nationalist with Jew, and you will clearly understand how vile this woman is if she's a woman whatever a woman is until they lose the republican party is at war with the rest of us they have embraced white christian nationalism and extremism that's three times she said it aside from the white christian nationalism part of what she just said i wish it were so Right, the I Republicans sure are not at the war Republican with anybody. Party was at war with them. Yep, the establishment is all together. The, the the war is the base. She knows that this is this is election. This is electioneering, and 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 uh, like I said, she's messaging. That's three times she said white nationalist. Three is times. This really, I'm sorry, better Christ, than Christian nationalist. This is really better than ending with the Unitarian. It is. Uh, it is. Hang her. on. Yes, because there's a payoff. Hang on. <laughs> and the only way to fix it is they got to lose. It's Defcon 1, y'all. 
We're damn near in Gilead. Now, when she says we're damn near in Gilead, what do you think she means by that? Well, it's a bit. It's a reference to the Bible. Okay, but what? Like, because isn't Gilead like a, a spiritual place of tranquility? Uh I don't remember. There's a couple of things. It's also or, the name of uh, Tony Fauci's company uh, right uh, we are um, damn near gilead but was, <laughs> was it a battle was there a battle over gilead i can't remember it and i looked it up actually because of fauci's company because ah. i was like because like a, what is the meaning behind that and i found a weird connection uh somewhere but uh, gilead first appears in the biblical account of the last meeting of jacob and laban Gilead is also referring that. I don't know. I'd have to look it up a little bit to figure that out, but it's some sort of, uh, it's definitely a biblical well, reference. We in, we in DEFCON 1, y'all. Book of Judges. <laughs> That's my DEFCON 1 fire truck horn. Maybe I'll, yeah, I'll, we I'll, in DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. <laughs> we damn near in Gilead. Wake Gilead up. is a here's an Wake here's a, a Wikipedia ref- reference is that uh, Gilead region. Gilead is a city of those who work iniquity. That's probably her reference. Okay. Ah. Uh, oh. Okay. Oh, she's saying we're going back. Gilead is right, where, like where you Gilead couldn't get abortions. Where, you couldn't chop off right. your genitals, and you couldn't. Uh, right. Uh, uh, whatever else. And uh, they had everybody in chains. Uh, yeah, here, and I here's bet how, that's what she's Here's her sign about. off. Wake up. Wake up. Take action. And stay woke. Take action stay and stay woke. woke. All the messaging. Thing that's, the thing that's, that's nice about that whole monologue or whatever you call it. Rant. Is, is, yeah, is just how loving and kind <laughs> she delivers it. I w- are you going to be at all surprised to find out that woman's a Unitarian? I don't know if she's a Unitarian, but I'm sure she uh, Black Liberation Theology with Unitarian theology. Yes, uh, which is Marxist theology. But listen, she's there. She's that rant is you know it's it's we're DefCon one for gay rights, right? Defcon LGBT. One, y'all. Well, that's I don't very, think so. I, I'm really. I, I wish. No, but that's what she's saying. <laughs> that's what she's saying. Okay. And I'm just saying I'm impressed because that's quite a journey she has made. The rigidly progressive, race hustling MSNBC anchor once had very different views, and they've been revealed by newly discovered excerpts from her long defunct blog. For example, Reed once complained that immigrants were taking American jobs. Imagine that. She described Lou Dobbs, our friend Lou Dobbs, as her ideological twin on immigration. She told Democrats to spend less time attacking white people, amazingly. She also compared John McCain to the Virginia Tech shooter, and she spread 9-11 conspiracy theories. Well, in April, she commented on some of those blog posts. Watch. I've spent a lot of time trying to make sense of these posts. I hired cybersecurity experts to see if somebody had manipulated my words <laughs> or my former blog. And the reality is they have not been able to prove it. They haven't been able to prove what? <laughs> she, 
she was claiming that she was hacked. And in addition to all the things that Tucker said, she was. She also made a, a, a homo, what people would call homophobic uh, comments. They haven't been able to prove that she wrote it. Is that what she's saying? She is intentionally ambiguous there. They haven't been able to prove she wasn't hacked, Jeremy. Wow. That's great. (laughs) She's a disgusting human being, which is why her delivering the messaging is just absolutely perfect. But here's what I know. I genuinely do not believe I wrote those hateful things. (laughs) Well, then there you go. Okay. She can't even remember that she didn't. She can't say with certainty that she didn't write those things. She just doesn't believe she did. (laughs) I think laughing at Joy Reid is an excellent way to close out the show. Yeah, that was good. I like it. (laughs) Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Jeremy Siegel. I'm going to go get a glass of Plezzy. <laughs> What's your favorite flavor? Write us your favorite flavor of Give it Plezzy. To my kids. Yeah. Truth at Truthbait Podcast, where we come to you every Tuesday and Friday without fail. To the best of our ability, which has been pretty good. It's only been a couple times we missed it. Show title? You got a, a show title for months. today? What do we call this one? I don't know yet. The stew on it a little bit. Oh, how about uh, podcasts? <laughs> uh, podcasts are political. I don't know. I want to think about Shake it, it out. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> shake it out. Maybe that's it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Shake it out. Uh, what about uh, secret word? What's the secret, secret word? word is something inexpensive. <laughs> something that Plezzy. doesn't cost me 25 bucks. <laughs> Plezzy. 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 The secret word is Plezzy. Is that it? Anything else? Anything else you want to say to close out? That's it. Thank you for your hard work, Mr. Marcus. Thank you, Jeremy Siegel. And thank you to our citizen producers for taking thank part. Thank you to Janice. Thank you. Big thank you to Janice. Big thank you to whoever Truth Miner is that wrote that excellent uh, review. And to uh, the person who got our uh, last episode secret word. You are Chris, a real thank listener. You, Chris. Who was that? Yeah. Chris, Chris, Chris Law in Delavan, Wisconsin. Chris, we're going for popcorn, baby. Jeremy, but please try to. I hope me. he doesn't get this one because I really don't want to buy a plezzy for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and now back into the sea of clickbait with you all. <laughs>